0: Welcome to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear our identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance." for from it flows the springs of life. Luke 6:45 says that the good person out of good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of heart his mouth speaks. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, and who can understand it? I the Lord search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his deeds. And that's Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. And and to all of our listeners, this is a special episode. This is just Chica here hanging out in the booth by himself. Our brother Jay, our co-host, is actually preparing right now, mentally as well as emotionally, as he's going in for heart surgery this Friday. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you would know that Jay's heart is a man for the Lord. He is an outstanding father, very intentional father, and probably the husband that we all aspire to be. And Kelly, shout out to Kelly, who's also been managing him through that process. But he is most incredible, intentional, and inspirational uh, man of Christ that I get to follow daily in my walk uh, towards and with Jesus. And for all of our listeners, Uh, I did want to kind of just drop in with a special episode today because our community was blessed, uh, I believe it was two and a half weeks ago, with a men's retreat here in Georgia, whereby Jay was a keynote speaker. And so I wanted to give some context and then let our listeners this week listen to the keynote from Jay. And you will recognize if you've been listening for at least the last five episodes, many of the themes that Jay has been dropping into our conversations on this podcast are spoken through in the keynote. But specifically, uh, when it comes to leading yourself and leading your family, um, he does an incredible job tying it all together. So without further ado, um, I know at the start of the keynote, he played a great clip, and I'm going to include it here in the show notes. So just scroll down if you want to watch it before you listen. So press pause and scroll down and watch this on YouTube. But it's from the movie 1917. Where um the Oscar-winning director, I think of like Skyfall, Inspector, the James Bonds, um, American Beauty, etc., brings this World War epic, World War I, excuse me, epic scene to life. Um, where the, you know, you've got two young British soldiers, one was named Schofield, and the other one's named Blake. And they're given like this impossible, seemingly impossible mission. Uh, and they're an incredible race for time, and they've got to cross the enemy territory and deliver a message that will basically stop. A deadly attack on hundreds of soldiers, Um, and one of the brothers, Blake's brothers, I believe, is is among them. So, this is the part in the movie when, and you've maybe seen this, where that dude is just running across the battlefield. Schofield, you know, arrives at the end of the journey, um, and he learns that the the attack is basically risk life and limb. on on his part to stop it. But it's now just sending the troops out of the trenches towards their doom. And he's like, oh my gosh, can I get across there and stop this before too many lives are lost? So again, the movie is 1917. The clip is below. You can pause this here, go watch the clip, then come back and listen to this fantastic Jay Teresi talk. Before we jump in though, I'm going to pray. Jay, I know that you are uh, mentally and emotionally preparing yourself right now for a physical operation on the heart. Uh, Jay, I just want you to know that your listeners, that we as your brothers and sisters around you are praying for you, we love you, and we know that God has the best and greatest plans laid out ahead of you. So take heart, <laughs> no pun intended, um, that you are here for a great reason and that we are all very thankful for you and what you bring us as we walk towards Jesus.
1: How many husbands in the room by a show of hands? Okay, a lot of husbands. How many fathers in the room? A lot of fathers. How many single men and single men with no kids? All right, so we have a pretty good representation of men here tonight. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so thankful you came in this noisy world to pour into yourself. Your families are already ahead because you're here. I don't know if you know that. You might not. But you are. I got an interesting topic. We'll go to the first slide here. Being the spiritual leader of our home. That's a big topic. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? If you haven't figured it out yet, and we're gonna pull up the next slide, life on this planet is not about you. I've got a couple of slides that are heavy on content and a couple that aren't, and I'm gonna leave them up there while I'm talking so you can take some notes. But how many of you realize it's not about you? But how many of you live your life like it's not about you? Yeah. I don't know. That might be a little, <laughs> there's an honest man back there. Eh, yeah, maybe. It's not about you. So what's it about then? It's about him. You were created by God on purpose for his purpose for his purpose, which is his glory. Rick Warren talks about this all the time. Have you ever thought about that? You were literally created on purpose for a purpose for God's glory and not yours. There's two stories going on. There is a major theme in the world and there is a minor theme. The major theme is the story of God that we're all a part of. The minor theme is all the garbage that happens in your life. My son likes to say, my youngest son, he likes to say, most people I meet are NPCs, dad. They're NPCs. Do you know what an NPC is? <laughs> non I'm playing character. They're NPCs in my life because he's, you know, the center of his life. But we're not NPCs. We have a bit part for sure. We have a bit part for sure in God's story. And a big part of your mission on this planet is to figure out what did God design you for uniquely in the larger story. But let me tell you where you're not an NPC and where you don't have a bit part. That's in your home. If you have a wife or you have children or you plan on having a wife or you plan on having a children, you were uniquely created to serve as the spiritual leader of that home. And I would submit to you tonight that it is the greatest responsibility you will ever carry on this side of the veil. The great, but there's not a close second. I don't really even care what you do, how rich you are, how famous you are, how powerful you are, how much of a failure you might have been by the world standards in life. If you're divorced, doesn't matter. You're still the spiritual leader of your children doesn't matter how old you are or how old your kids are. This role, once you get it, doesn't go away till you cross the threshold between this life and the next. And when you do, when you do, you're going to have to answer a question. A couple of questions probably. First and most important probably, what did you do with the life I gave you? But if you were blessed to have a wife and a children and a family, you're gonna get asked, what did you do with the family I gave you? What'd you do with that? Not gonna ask, what'd you do with the job I gave you? Minor theme. Your career is a minor theme, did you know that? I have bad news for a lot of you. Your hobbies are a minor theme. Your addictions are a minor theme. Going bankrupt was a minor theme. Felt like a major theme when it happened. Minor themes. Minor themes. No one will remember. You barely remember. Major theme, what did you do with the family they gave you? That's the question before us tonight. Because if you go to the next slide, well, that's the last slide, so we skipped a few in there. That's okay. I'll tell you what it says. You were granted a gift as she goes back to that and that is your family but here's the challenge like the boy we saw running in the battlefield that's pretty intense right this mission this mission you've been granted to lead your family to be the spiritual leader it's going to be opposed it is opposed that battlefield run do you know what that represents that's your life as a spiritual leader of your home That's how hard it is to lead well your family. He's running sideways. He's overcoming. I mean, look at what he's running through. The guy's crying. People are screaming. They're dying. It's chaos. He's getting knocked down. He's running the wrong direction. The world says, go this way. Go this way. He's going the totally wrong direction. Swimming upstream. That's every day as a spiritual leader. That's every day as a spiritual leader. Dallas Willard says, we'll get it up there in a minute. He says, we move in a world that it seems is constantly harassing and distracting us from the purposes that in our heart of hearts, we feel we should be fulfilling. Now think about that. Think about that. We move in a world that is constantly distracting us. Raise your hand if you think you have given the best of you, and some of you may have, the best of you to this major theme mission of leading your family. Well, don't raise your hand, but think about the question. What have you given the best of yourself to? What have you given the best of yourself to? Here's the quote from Dallas Willard. So before we can talk about what it looks like, and this is a massive topic, like 25 minutes, we're not even gonna scratch the surface of what it looks like to be a spiritual leader of your home. My goal tonight is gonna to be to leave you with a couple of points to ponder. Most importantly, what comes against being the spiritual leader of your home? I wanna tell you a couple of things. But before we do, I want you to repeat after me. I live in a world at war. And I am behind enemy lines. Did you know you lived in a world at war? Did you know it's the 40s and you're in France behind enemy lines? That's your life. That's your life. You are behind enemy lines and you will be till the day you die and depart or Jesus comes back. You don't even belong here. It's not home. It's not home. You're part of the French resistance. It's exciting. It's a big mission. It's major theme stuff. Except for the challenges, most of us live in the minor theme. We're not paying attention. And we're getting taken out in massive numbers. Raise your hand if you know a man that's been taken out. You all know men that have been taken out. Taken out. Spiritual leaders are at home. What happened to their families? What happened to their families? Yeah. Cooked, right? Generations lost. Generations lost. Raise your hand if you know a man who has done this well. I do, I know some men that have done this well. Generations one, one. Major theme stuff. So what is opposing us? I want to give you three basics tonight. You can go very deep in this, but I just want to give you three basics. If you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that you live in a world at war, that's by design This this attack has been ordered to stop. No, we're not. I've heard it all before. We're going over. We got him on the run. No, you don't. They planned this. They planned it. They want you to attack. Hey, God has a plan for your life. You know who else has a plan for your life? The God of this world. He's got a big plan for your life. You know what else has a plan for your life? This fallen and broken world, the world itself, in its upside down broken state's got a plan for you. You ever wonder why banks are bigger than your house? Because when you're out on of money, they got a plan for you, credit card, right? They're there for you when you don't have a plan. What are some of the things in this world that distract you and take you out of your major theme mission? Well, one would be technology, technology a blessing. It's a curse, and it's being effectively used by the enemy to take out you and your wife and your children. If you don't believe me, just look at your screen time. You know they say you can tell everything you need to know about a man by looking in his checkbook or at his calendar. You'll find out what he truly cares about. Doesn't really matter what he says. Just look where he spends his money and where he spends his time, and you'll know all you need to know about that man. If you want to know if you're being taken out by technology, just look at your screen time. Like, really look at it. Better yet, let your good friend look at it. (laughs) Praise of man will take you out, especially in the Western world. Man, love it. Love it, love it. Everybody's looking for their 15 here. But this is much more insidious than just, no, I'm not a fame seeker. I I don't think so, Jay. Which would devastate you more? Losing your career tonight? Or if your wife said something to you that you didn't like? We, we often put our value in the wrong places. I have news for you, by the way. I don't really care how successful you are or not. Your wife and kids don't really care. They don't really care, and no one else is going to either. They just want you. But we get taken out. And changing norms. The world is like, how does that take me out? Because you tap out. You tap out. You're like, man, I'm almost 50. I don't even get it anymore. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand all the cultural changes. I'm out. I'm out. I'll just read the news and just be cool, go to work, and... Not say too much in public. Don't rock the boat. My kids are just part of that generation, and they're going to have to figure it out. Take you out. The world is after you. The world will entice you. It will take you to the edge, right to the edge. Come on, come on, come on. Then you'll cross over, and then the world will hammer you. Watch out for the world. Your sin is coming for you and wants to take you out. First and foremost is our poser. Did you know you had a poser? Raise your hand if you've ever met your poser. I know him. God, I hate that guy. I had like 20 of them. I mean, I've, I met him like 12 years ago. It was a horrible experience. And I've been uh, chasing him ever since. You got a poser. This is the guy that you put on when you go out or you're at work. Hell, sometimes you do it with your family. You've buried yourself behind so many layers of not you to protect yourself that you don't even know you anymore. And that guy, that guy takes over. You got to get this guy. He'll take you out. Right? I got to win that fight with my wife or I will not be a man. I'm going to tell my children how it's going to be or I will not be a man. The poser, addictions. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Addictions will take you out. They will take you out. We're going to come back to that one. Selfishness. Oh. (laughs) My son's 20 and we were having a conversation this morning about adulting. We've been working a long time on initiating him into manhood. But it's still a tough journey, right? He's 20. His brain only half works. That's biological, by the way. That's not me taking a shot. That's just how it is. It'll be okay in five years. But, you know, he's 20. So he is the main character, and I am an NPC in his world right now. (laughs) Selfishness. But that's a real problem when you're 30. It's a real problem when you have a wife and children. When you got saved, when you said, I love you, Lord, I'll follow you, take up my cross. This is not an option for you anymore. It's not your life. You traded it. This is one of the biggest challenges Christian men face, especially in our world, in the United States, in the modern world. Dying to self is what is, we hide our dead here. We don't don't deal with that. Ask yourself this question silently because we're going to come back to it. Have I put more energy into my career or architecting my family? We're going to come back to that. The last thing, our enemy. These are the big three, the world, the flesh, the enemy. What makes the world go round? Money, sex, and power. Money, sex, and power. I tell my kids every day, three things that make this world go round, money, sex, and power. And what's trying to take you out? The world, your flesh, and the enemy. Those are the things trying to drown out the voice of God. All minor theme, all minor theme, corruption of truth, changing norms. He's gonna try to take you out of your role as spiritual leader by corrupting truth. Loving kindness is speaking truth with compassion, whispers and lies. This is the the gold coin of the enemy's kingdom. Whispers and lies. What has he been whispering to you that distracts you from what's going on in your daughter's life? Or your wife's heart? Is he whispering to you? Is he telling you? Too old, you're too fat, you're a loser. Ugly, stupid, Weak. Not a good lover. It's too late. I don't know. What are the lies he tells you? Then you retreat and go go watch some Netflix, maybe go. You can go to the garage, you know, build something. Building something's good. It's done right. It's done right. It's not good if it's medication. Whispers and lies. And temptation. Temptation. He loves that one. The other gold coin of the enemy's kingdom. Whispers, lies and temptation. And he knows. He can't read your thoughts, but he knows the pattern of your life. His minions know your story. They use it, they're effective. These are the things, before we get to what we should be doing, that we have got to be aware of. Who dies first in war? Hmm? The men, but which men? Which men die usually first? Front lines, but on the front lines, some live, some die. There's some luck involved in that, but a lot of times there's not. Which ones live, which ones die when it's not luck? What do you guys think? Do you think those that have spent their time preparing, they're paying attention? Heads up, heads on a swivel. Any former military men in here? Okay, what'd they teach you? Rely on, your Rely on your training. Head on a swivel. Why is the United States military the greatest since the Roman Empire? Because we train, train, train. Train, train, train. So when our men get dropped in, man, they're ready. And we don't plant as many men as most armies do. Because they're aware They're aware, awareness. The enemy's greatest weapon is keeping you unaware. Not paying attention to these three things. Not thinking about them. Let's go to the next slide. I want you to repeat this after me. I have an enemy who hates me. And he wants to see my family destroyed. Say that word again, destroyed. I thought a lot about tonight. I don't like delivering hard messages. But here's the thing. I almost destroyed my family once. You want to know why I'm really up here? I got a PhD. Yeah, more than once. I tried. I have a great family. Wonderful kids. I have an incredible wife. I tried to burn that to the ground. Not on purpose. Not a total jackass. Right? Oh, I tried. Addiction, selfishness, arrogance, praise of man, all of them. I, I loved them all. I thought I was being a good husband. I loved Jesus. I read my Bible. I went to men's groups, tried to do the right things. I had 65 posers in front of me, so my family looked pretty good from the outside, really good. And on the inside, I was burning it to the ground. You know the worst part of that story? 99% of the time, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? My marriage to my wife is incredible now. It's the best it's ever been, which is mind blowing to me. But that took a lot of hard work. And I had to wake up to this. This guy wants to see my family destroyed. And that is where you have to make a choice. Do I care more about how I look to the world, my ego, what I think about myself, or this mission that I've been given? This mission I've been given. That kid we saw running, what, why didn't he stop? Why didn't he stop? Why did he keep going? There was a lot at stake. And what else? Truth had to be known. Truth had to be known. He had to break through. Or people were going to die. More people. People were dying. A lot more were going to die. Do you think that if you don't take this seriously, really seriously, people could die? There's generations coming after you. Your family line is at stake. Your bloodline is at stake. The line of Christ in your family is at stake. This matters a lot. A lot, a lot. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you've already blown it, it's not over. We'll talk about that in a minute. What does Christ bring from ashes? He brings beauty. There's almost nothing your wife and children won't forgive. They need you that much. Let's talk about why. What, what is my role as a spiritual leader in the family? I want to submit a few things to you to think about. The first is this: You have incredible authority that has been granted by the king and captain to you. He granted it to you when he gave you a family. But the challenge with authority, how many of you are men who have authority in your work and your career? Do You know what it is to be a man? I have some authority at my job. You have to exercise it well. You can exercise it poorly. Men do every day. You have to understand the authority you've been given. Only you can be the spiritual leader of your home. It's just how it is. John Eldridge likes to say there's a way things work in this world. He didn't make that up. God loves math. There are equations. There is a way things work. Men are designed to be the spiritual leaders of the home. Plain and simple. This is how it works. You have to regularly take that authority. It's not enough to understand it and know you have it. You have got to exercise it. Every day, multiple times a day. Think about today. How many times did you exercise the authority over your home, praying for your people, praying against the enemy's schemes in the lives of your children and your wife? How many of you pray around the borders of your property and your kingdom? How many of you regularly draw your kingdom under his authority? You are a king. And you have, I don't even care what your job is. I don't care if you make five bucks an hour. If you have a family, you are a king. And you have a kingdom that must be protected. You have to pray against the enemy and his fans. He has plans and he never sleeps. I'm sorry about that. But we're behind enemy lines. We get some good days. We get some really good days. But this is a world at war. That's just this. The restoration of all things has not happened yet. It's coming. Thank God. How many of you are looking forward to that day? How many of you ever think about that? Think about it every day. The restoration of all things is coming. You will go home. But not yet. Not yet. This war still rages. No, I mean no. I mean no. what is going on in the lives of your nuclear family. A good king knows what is happening in his kingdom. A good CEO knows what is happening in his company. He does town halls, he goes out, he goes on the front lines, he says, what's happening? He asks questions, he looks, he sees. I don't care how old your children are, they need you. They will never not need you to be the spiritual leader of your family. The older they get, the more complex their lives get, the more they need you. Because the older you are, you've moved from king to sage. What, you have nothing to share with them? You know what's coming. They don't. I'm almost 50. My dad's 84. He knows what's coming, things I don't know. I need to hear that from him. I need to hear that from him. Stay pure. Bad, bad, bad news for some of us. That authority can be taken. And you can willingly give it up. One of the biggest challenges of being a Christian man on this side of the veil who's trying to lead a family is this. Now, I don't really care what your particular vice is, porn, gambling, alcohol, drugs, just checking out. Doesn't matter. What matters is you have an opportunity this weekend to confess it, to think about it, to acknowledge it to yourself, To ask the poser to stand aside for a minute and say, You know what's true? It's true that this thing is robbing my spiritual authority. That doesn't mean it's going away. That doesn't mean that you'll have dealt with it. You can. I'm here to promise you whatever is in your life that's distracting you from being the spiritual leader of our home that would fall into this category can be beat. Can be beat, right, Rob? Rob knows. I know. Other men in this room know. I don't care what it is. It might feel like it can't be beat, by the way. I know that feeling. It can be beat, you can beat it. First step is just acknowledging it's actually happening. The second step is realizing it's preventing you from everything you wanted as a Christian man. Do you know what I know about you if you're a Christian man? You love Jesus and when you love Jesus, he will never stop working on you, he won't. He won't let you go, this is how it works. There's a way things work, once you accepted Christ, you were his and he will fight all the way to the end with you which means he's just waiting And the moment you acknowledge it, you know what, Jesus, I do have a, this is, this is true. This is true. This is, I, I'm doing this. This is happening in my life. And you know what? It's killing my spiritual authority. And I'm not leading my family. Well, I don't know what to do. It's okay. He does. He does. He's going to help. He'll get in there. You got to fight. You got to fight. Knowing their needs. You got to know. What does your wife need? What do your daughter need? Your son. Why do you have to know what they need? Because here's another thing that's unique about you if you're a man. You bestow their identity. That's your job. No one can bestow identity upon them but you. The problem is, it can be taken away. You can't delegate it, but you can be supplanted if you're not doing it. One of the greatest markers of a teenage girl becoming sexually active is her relationship with her father. Did you know that? Oh, man, I think about that a lot. I had teenage daughters. The stronger her relationship with her father, the less likely she will be to engage in sexual activity because she knows who she is. She has an identity. It was bestowed upon her by her father. She doesn't need a purity ring and a lecture. She won't even need it because she won't be tempted. By the way, neither will he, your son. Also, will be less likely to be sexually active if he knows who he is. But he can only know that if you bestow identity on him. By the way, if you got this wrong and your children are older, that's okay. The beauty of the Lord is you can swoop back in. You always have spiritual authority in their lives, always. Your wife, you might not believe this, she hangs on your every word. You got a voice, and it has weight,
0: serious weight.
1: You got to use it. You got to use it. Look at the man next to you and say, I have what it takes. Now say it louder, like, you mean it. Like, I have what it takes. Because there's a question we want to get answered when we cross the veil. Can we run the next clip? McKenzie. everything there. This attack is not to go ahead! You have been ordered to stop! You have to stop! Who the hell are you? Lance Corporal Schofield, sir. Eighth. I have orders from General Erinmore to call cool off this attack. You're too late, Lance Corporal.
0: Sir, these orders are from Army Command. You have to read them. Shall we hold back the second wave, sir? No, Major. Hesitate now and we lose. Victory's only 500 yards away. Sir, please read the letter. I have heard it all before. I'm not going to wait until dusk or for fog. I'm not calling back my men, only to send them out there again tomorrow. Not when we've got the bastards on the run. This is their last step. The
1: Germans planned this, sir. They've been planning it for months. They want you to attack. Read the letter.
0: Yes, sir. Call up the orderlies. Turn the wounded. Hold the line in case they counter. Yes, yes, sir. send a different message. Attack at dawn. There is only one way this war ends. Lost man standing. Have someone see to your wounds. Well done, lad. Thank you,
1: sir. Well done, lad. <laughs> Isn't that an incredible clip? Like, see, how, see how he's just like... That's what this is about. That's some really good news for you. That's a tough message tonight, but I have some really, really good news. We'll go to the last slide as we wrap up. I love... The book of Isaiah. How many of you love the book of Isaiah? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, the book of Isaiah. I mean, there's just so much in there. The Lord we serve who has called us to this mission, he's everlasting. And think about that. The restoration of all things is coming. He created it all. He never gets tired. Ever. He will give you strength if you call. If you call, you have to call. There's a way things work. He will increase your power when you come to him in weakness, in honesty. By the way, he already knows. He's not surprised. And he's not going to be surprised. You're not going to show up and be like, oh, Lord, I have a porn addiction. He's going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't know. <laughs> he knows. He already knows. If you place your hope in him, he will renew your strength to lead your family. Every day. You got to walk with him daily because leading a family is hard. It's a, I'm a CEO of a company. Leading my family is 100 times harder than that job. A hundred times harder. He will cause you to soar like an eagle and enable you to run this battlefield without getting weary or weak. And it is a battlefield because you live in a world at war. It's not about you. It's not about your minor theme or whatever it is that's on your mind right now that you're worried about that you won't remember in six months. But that worry will have caused you to miss your wife's heart tonight or miss your daughter's heart or miss that opportunity to speak life into your son That's what that worry will do. Anxiety lives in two places. It lives in the future, in the form of anxiety, and in the past, in the form of shame. That's fear. The Lord, he's in those places, but he doesn't live there. He lives here now, and he's waiting for you. Place your hope in him. And if you walk daily with God, and I don't mean like get up and do your Bible study, like a relationship with the living God, Jesus Christ, who is your friend and your king and your captain, and wants to have a relationship with you, every day a relationship with you, if you walk with him daily, you will not grow faint. You will have courage and fortitude to lead your family well. And in the end, you will hear these words. These words. If you take nothing else tonight, I want you to think about that moment. You and Jesus, just you and him. What'd you do with the family I gave you? I'm not sure anything else matters, to be honest. I love you guys. I'm proud of you for being here. I'm glad you're here. You're doing a good thing for your family. Whatever the state of your family is tonight, if it's fantastic, fantastic. If it's not, it can be redeemed. You have what it takes. He brings beauty from ashes. He is in the business and he's just waiting. All you have to do, and you'll have a chance this weekend, is just ask. And then go after those things that want to distract you. And if any part of your heart is moved to think about this tonight, just know on your way home, whispers and lies. And when you start to hear them, you speak scripture out loud and say, not today, devil. I know I'm on to you and I'm on your lies. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am. Find a scripture that reminds you of who you are and what your mission is. It's that beautiful bride and it's those beautiful children. And if you've already lost her, it's okay. You can still love her because you have those children. Make sense? All right, man, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening.